Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful day the Lord has given to us that we can gather to read his word even today. The title of the message is, I can do it, I do not need the Lord or I do not need God. We shall read from the first book of Chronicles chapter 21. We shall take from verse 1 to 15. The same story is found in the second book of Samuel chapter 24 from verse 1 to 17. But we will read the first Chronicles 21, 1 to 15. And I will read, Satan rose against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, Go and count the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan. Then report back to me so that I may know how many they are. But Joab replied, May the Lord multiply his troops a hundred times over. My Lord the King, are they not all your Lord's subordinate subjects? Why does my Lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt on Israel? The king's word, however, overruled Joab. So Joab left and went throughout Israel and then came back to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of the fighting men to David. In all, Israel there were 1,100,000 men who could handle a sword, including 470,000 in Judah. But Joab did not include Levi and Benjamin in the numbering, because the king's command was repulsive to him. This command was also evil in the sight of God, so he punished Israel. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. The king said to God, David's seer, go and tell David. This is what the Lord says. I am giving you three options. Choose one of them to meet for me to carry out against you. So God went to David and said to him, this is what the Lord says, take your choice. Three years of famine, three months of being swept away before your enemies with the sword overtaking you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, uh, of the Lord, days of plague in the land, with the angels of the Lord ravaging every part of Israel. Now then decide how I should answer the one who sent me. David said to God, I am in deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall into the hands of men. So the Lord sent a plague to Israel on Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell dead. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and was grieved because of the calamity and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough! Withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of Arua, the Jebusite. Sometimes I also browse on the popular social media. One of them is TikTok, which is uh, popular. So on this particular day, I just happened to stumble upon a, vi upon a video that I actually uh, liked what the gentleman was saying. The gentleman was actually saying, he was talking about favor, that as human beings, we shouldn't be proud of whatever we have, bragging, 
such that we are able to do whatever we are doing. He gave three exa more examples, but I just didn't watch the whole video. Just few things that I liked from his talk. He talked about marriage. He said, it doesn't mean that your marriage is standing today because you are able to. It is God's favor. You cannot then go out and, and brag to people or just talk out loud arrogantly and say, people don't know how to take care of their husbands and this is how they have to do it. They have to respect their husband. They have to do it. It is not because, you, it's not because they don't respect their husbands. Some of the, of the ladies or the females or the wives are so humbled and they respect their hus husbands to the, to, 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 to the extent that is even more than what you can expect for an individual. They respect their husband, but things don't work out. You can also break with your qualifications that, you know, you should do uh, maybe medicine, you should maybe do accounting, you should do this, and you get a job. And you think like, you, you even brag and tell people, tell people no, I can, uh, I've been able to get a job, this is what I did, and I'm intelligent enough to complete these studies and whatever. You should know that it is God's grace, it is God's favor that was upon you that you could get a job. Remember in class, maybe you were 40, all of you doing accounting. It doesn't mean all of you have jobs now, but you just got God's favor to get the job. So you shouldn't brag about what God has done for you. One other thing, he talked about companies. There are people that have got companies that are authentic, registered, with the clearance, the tax clearance, with the licenses, everything is in place. They even have the working, play, the working, uh, maybe the facility, the machinery, and even the laborers. But they are not getting any tender. Then you cannot say because your company has tenders, uh, it has work, it has been paid, it is busy, it is tender after tender, or it's work after work, and then you break and say, I know how to run a company. It's God's favor. That's on you. What we have is favor from the Lord. It's not because we can. In the story that we are reading, we are reading about David, who now is taking things to his hand. The first thing that we read in verse 1, it says that Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. If I read from the CEV, it says Satan decided to cause trouble for Israel by making David think it was a good idea it was a good idea to find out how many people there were in Israel and Judah if you read the bible john 10:10 10, 10 says the enemy or the thief comes to do three things to kill steal and destroy and the enemy is the devil so in this case he has come to destroy how does he get into the whole picture? He comes to David. Now, you can say, what was wrong with David counting the number of people or taking a census? Because seriously, we have read in the Bible quite a number of times we are told the total number of children of Israel in a certain area, those who fought, those who died, the army, we have been told. But what makes this a little bit different? Why is this not right? The answer is in the first verse, because the motive was the devil. The devil was the one who decided to cause trouble. So the devil thought of a way that, because the devil knows that God hates pride. 
So one way of uh, bringing pride to David was to make him to take a census. This was not just a census because he was interested in knowing the number of the tr- uh, of his troops, but it was because he was interested in knowing how strong he is, how protected he is, and how he can stand. That's what the devil tries to do. He came to the mind of King David. He entered into his mind. Even today, the enemy knows that God has given us everything or what we have. Like I've talked about uh, his favor in what we have. But the enemy comes into your mind and gives you arrogance or pride. And you feel like this is what I've achieved. It is because I am able and I can do it. Now, in this case where we are reading, the, 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 the man Joab, actually he understood that what David wanted to do was wrong. And he tried as a human being. For sure, because David was a king, Joab's word could not override what he had said. You cannot say to what the, singer, the king has said, no, I won't do it. Or, your majesty, let's not do it. You cannot do it. You just have to do what the king has said. Because the word was straight from David, it was supposed to be done. So uh, Joab did that. They finally took the census of the number of people who were there. If you read from the other chapter that I, I referenced, which is uh, Second uh, Samuel chapter 24, verse 1 to 17, this one does not quote the number of months he took, Joab t- took to, to move around counting the, the troops. But he did that for nine months. In the nine months, David was quiet, not doing anything. He didn't stop him from everything that was was happening there. So he kept on counting the number of people, counting the people, counting, counting, counting. And eventually he came back to the king and told him, okay, we have one million, uh, so many, so many people. So that's what the devil did. And uh, David accepted that and the people were counted. Now, as we read the, the, the story, it was after he had been given the total number of the people that were there that he realized what I've done was wrong. It now clicked in the mind of David that what I've done was wrong. Verse 8 says, Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. What is the guilt? What is it that now has changed in, devil, uh, in David's mind? It's like the, the enemy was there just watching whatever is happening and at completion of whatever David was doing, he suffices and say, oh, okay, now I go out. And when he, David was on, on his own, he realized, oh, what I've done is wrong. And he seeked forgiveness from the Lord. But that did, did not change God. David did this because he wanted to know the power he had from this army. He was believing now the trust had been moved from the Lord to his ability. You see, it was getting, because if we talk of pride, pride is something that makes you to believe that I am able the pride I'm referring to. It actually links with idolatry because mostly idolatry is just when you adore something and you think this is something what I will worship. So pride comes in a way like this is what I am able to do. I have done this. I am safe in this. So as human beings, we normally have those things that we, we regard as they provide security to, to us. 
Some of the things that God has given to us are our jobs, our wives or our husbands, our kids, our money in the banks, our assets, those things that we treasure so much and we give so much value. And you find that these things, they overtake our trust in the Lord. And we trust these things more than God. We trust our money in our accounts better than what God can provide. We trust our jobs better than God. So David put his trust now on the troops other than God. And God did not like that. God does not like it when we as his people, we do not put our faith in him, but we put our faith in our abilities, in our talents, in what we have, in our assets, in our education, in all that he has given to us. Because God has given those things to us as human beings that we can enjoy his providence. But pride comes in. The enemy comes because First one says it was the enemy who rose against Israel and incited David. It is the enemy that will come and tell you, and tell you this is all that you have. God wants us to trust him 100%. A similar story we find in the king uh, Nebuchadnezzar in the story in the book of Daniel chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar was a king when he looked at Babylon, he said, look at this brick Babylon that I've made. He looked at how uh, beautiful it was, all the strength that he had put, maybe organizing and putting his money in whatever was happening. And he said, look at what I've done. And the Bible says God was not happy. And immediately he grew, uh, he was moved away from the people. He ate grass, he grew feathers like an eagle, and his nails were like the clothes of the bird. Why? Because he had arrogance, he had pride in what he was. As human beings, we put our trust in things that we have. We put our trust in what God has provided to, to us and we tend to forget of his greatness and his love. Now, the Lord was angry about what David had said. If you read chapter 7, but God was displeased. If I'm, I'm reading from, okay, I'll first read from the ESV that says, God was displeased with this thing and his dark Israel. Reading from the Amplified Version, it says, now God was displeased with this act. In brackets, it's the act of arrogance and pride and his dark Israel. It was the act of pride that God was not happy about. It was not the counting of the people that made God angry, but it was the act of pride. Now, what does this reveal about God? It reveals that God knows the motives of whatever we do. He knows the motive from the deep down of your heart. God knows the motive. Many things we do today in our churches, in the governments, at homes, whatever we do, they can look good. But God knows the motive behind. Whether it is bad or it is evil or it is for self-glory. For instance, we give uh, quite a number of times, we see people uh, filming people, they give people some money uh, in town. It's a good act. On, they put it on Facebook, they put it on TikTok, they put it wherever. Someone on WhatsApp or whatever where they put it. It's a good act. They give the person maybe say $500 or whatever amount as a token just to help that person or they give some groceries. It's a good act. It's a very good act. But God knows the motive. 
Maybe the motive is to show off that I can give, and God is not pleased with that. So God understands the motive of everything that we do. If you read First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, it says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your fathers and serve him with, your, with wholehearted dev- devotion and with a willing mind. Now this is the part. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. God understands every desire, every thought. He understands why we do things. This is the most difficult thing about God. He knows what we do, our motives. So our motives should be clear and should not be self-seeking. If you read Isaiah 42 verse 8, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not share my glory with anyone else or praise due to me with you." Me to me with idols. That is the NET. In other words, God does not want to share his glory. What he has done, the goodness, he does not want to share it with other uh, idols. He's talking of idols or with anyone else. As human beings, we also want to be put in the space that we, this is what we have done. But God does not like that. So in this case, he was not happy with what David had done and what David was doing, the issue of counting the number of people that were there. Where is your trust in anything that God has given you? God has given you education. He has given you maybe a house or car, whatever. Is it what you think is what you, you are able to do or you see God in what you are doing? It is when we realize or it is when we take things to our hands and say, I have done this where God's anger come into place. God is not against people running businesses. God is not against people uh, uh, getting educated or getting qualifications. God is not against people making money, having fed uh, bank accounts. He is not against that. But what is against is the the, the motive where people do things for the sake of uh, pride. Now, God wanted to correct this. Regardless of David seeking forgiveness, God had to deal with David now. And how did he have to do it? The Bible says he gave him three options. If you look at the options, they all have to do with reducing the army or reducing where his power is. God wanted to remove the, no, the, 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 the trust that he, have, he had I'm sorry, on the number of the people. If you read, the first choice was the issue of famine, that I will bring famine. If you talk of famine, famine is not in every place. It just comes to, to whatever is there. And famine is a, a result, it's actually defined as a shortage of food supplies due maybe to war, to crop failure, or whatever that results in the shortage of food. So there will be famine. And when there's a shortage of food, people get hungry. They cannot be as strong as they are. And if it's severe, they actually die. So in this case, we don't know, it doesn't reveal what was going to happen, were they going to die or what, but what is important is to know that even if they died, the, 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 the army, the number of soldiers died, their number would have been reduced. If they don't die, they would be sick, they would be weak, they wouldn't be able to fight as strong as they would if there was no famine. So God was removing David's trust on the army or on the soldiers. And secondly, he gave him the option of uh, to be swept away, constant defeat, like they would be fighting and he would be defeated in this army, in, in, the, in those wars. There would be a fight. David will suffer. If you realize is that God is showing him that 
Now you will fight regardless of the wars that you have won the previous times because you have been uh, fighting before and you have won the wars. It is not because of the army or the number of people that were there when you were fighting that gave you victory, but it was me as God that gave you victory. So God gives us victory in our wars, not because we are intelligent enough to defend our situations, maybe in court or in the disciplinary committee or whatever. You are supposed to defend yourself. And then you think, I was able to do that. It is not because you are able, but it is because God has given you that victory. So God had to deal with David that now you will be on your own. You will fight now on your own and they will fight and they will conquer you because you will be on your own. God was dealing with his pride of the arrogance and the putting of the faith of I am David. I have a number of people who can fight for me. Then I can win the wars. It is not because we can that we get the jobs. It's not because we can that we can sustain whatever we are doing. It is because of his favor. It is because of his grace in our lives. God has given us whatever we have for his glory such that we acknowledge and we reveal and thank him and praise him and worship him for what he has done for us. For us. Because worshiping God is giving him all the glory for what he has done. And then there's this third option where it was the angel, uh, there would be a blood that will kill the people and it would be a three day. All these things have to deal with God reducing the army. Now, God was dealing not with the, the people, but he was dealing with David who had pride. Quite a number of times in scripture, God reveals that he's against people who have pride. These are people who put their trust on themselves. Please don't make that mistake. It may be you might regard yourself as a beautiful person and you think you can do anything. You can think maybe you are most educated. You can do anything. You don't even need God in whatever you are doing. And so you can just work on it on your own. Whatever achievement, it is not because you can. It is because of God's favor. And don't make the mistake of thinking that you can. Please don't make that mistake. God hates people who take the glory, his glory, and make it theirs. Now, we need to know that everything is from the Lord. Never give yourself glory. The devil knows that God deserves the glory. And what he will do, the enemy will do, will make us to think, no, we can't do it. If you look at life around, we've seen people, uh, some of them are motivational speakers now. They come and they talk that I have done this, I have done this. Some they come and preach, I've done this, I've done this. We shouldn't make that mistake in our life. We should always give glory, the glory to our God. Let's give due glory to our God who has given us what we have and what we are. We should give glory to him. To him. If you continue in pride... God will remove where you put your trust in. For David, he had to reduce the troops or the, the soldiers. But for you, God can allow a situation that will be painful to you. Let's say you are someone who, is, who believes in your businesses. Maybe you're running trucks and you lose your trucks. There are some accidents or they burn them, whatever happens, your business goes down. It doesn't mean that God hates you now. He's dealing with the pride that is in you. You might be someone with a fat bank account. Maybe you are investing in stocks or whatever financial instrument that you are holding and it plunges in the market and you make a loss. It doesn't mean that God does not like you. 
God is dealing with pride in your life. You might be someone who's educated, you've completed your degree or your diploma from the university of whatever which you regard as a proper university, but you are staying at home, you are not getting a job. Maybe your friends have been successful in getting a job. Look at your motives. Have you given glory to God, thanked Him for the degree? It doesn't mean that that will open the doors, but I'm just giving a, a scenario where we find that we give glory to ourselves and we pride ourselves that now I'm educated. I'm not going to talk to so and so. I'm not going to be part of that church. I'm not going to be part of uh, this community or whatever. When I'm educated, I will be this. And you forget God. You have that degree because God has allowed you to have it. You have that uh, master's, that is diploma, whatever you have in terms of qualification. It is because God has given it to you. God sometimes allows the situation to come, even in your life. Maybe you are someone who is so arrogant, I'm so beautiful, and God allows you to go through sickness because he's treating the, the pride in you such that you can realize that you are what you are because of his grace. We are what we are because God has given us the grace to be what we are. So let us give glory to him. It is him who makes us healthy. I'm highlighting things that we do as human beings where we take the pride. We, we, we think we are able. We don't need God in our lives. Like the title has said, I can do it and I, can, I don't need God. That's the mistake that we make as human beings where we take God aside in whatever success that we are and we don't involve him. As we continue with the story, people had to die just because of a king was proud. Your pride brings sorrow to even parties or people who are actually not even supposed to be affected. If I can talk of a situation or scenario of a family, if you are the head of the family, you are the male or the man, the husband in the family, and you are so arrogant and God decides to deal with you, it will affect even the family members. So it's very important that we know who God is in our lives and acknowledge him for what he has given to us. It is him who has given us the victory. It is not because we are able the enemy will want to, actually what we say as we read in verse 1, the enemy rose up against Israel to incite that he does this. The devil will always be there to tempt you, to give yourself glory. He will be there to tempt you. The devil will always be there. Don't make the mistake and think, no, it won't happen to me. I'm, I'm this. The enemy will be there. It might be you realize God is there, but at some point in time, you find yourself giving glory to your, to, your, to your name or to yourself. You should know whatever you do. Once you start to say in whatever you say, I've been able to do this. I can do this. I have done this. I have done this. And you put God aside. The Bible reveals that the Lord is not happy. It, whatever you are doing, business, whatever, whatever, let glory be given to God. God says he won't share his glory with no one else. Even to God or to other people, let, God, let us give God the glory. As you pray each and every day, put your faith and your, your thanks to the Lord God Almighty in whatever he's made you success in, in, in succeed in. God likes that we be completely dependent on him. 
He wants us to completely depend on him. That's the way he does things. And that's why in this case he had to deal with what uh, uh, David trusted. He put a distrust in. He had to deal with that such that his trust can shift from this to God. So God wants in our lives that we put our faith only in him. That is what he wants. That's how he actually operates. God operates in that way. Let's have our faith only in him. He's a God who wants people to trust. Trust God. Several times the Bible reminds us, let's put our trust in God. Let's trust God. Let's trust God. Let's, and let us just trust him. Without anything that supports our trust, just faith in him. And he will do wonders for us. As he does those wonders for us, we give him the glory. Not our abilities and not uh, what we've done, but it is glory that is due to his name. You need to confess to God. Look at what he has given to you. Look at your assets. Look at where you are. And if you are giving yourself the glory and you're tapping yourself, I have done this. Please confess to God. Not in fake, because remember we said God knows the thoughts in our hearts, the deep desires of our hearts. Let the focus be on God and you give him the glory for what he has done. And as he is going to do many, many things for you, please give him the glory. It is him who protects you. It is him who makes you to be what you are, to live a healthy lifestyle, to, to have the assets that you have. Give glory to him. If you understand everything is from the Lord, it becomes easy to cheerfully give to him or to cheerfully assist those who need assistance because you know God has given you whatever you have for you to share with other people. Father, we thank you for your word this, uh, this day. Help us, God, that we thank you and we focus on whatever you have done for us and give you the glory, you alone as our God. Let us not put our trust in our education, our assets and whatever, but let us put our trust in you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.